I'm Stevie. I'm Danny, and this is Weather Women, a conversation around navigating the creative life cycle. We are here to support, equip, and lend an ear as we all move through the phases of living a creative life. podcast. Today we are talking to Elizabeth Foster, who is a human design guide and an intuition mentor. Her business is called Illuminating Intuition, and she acts as an intuitive mentor to help guide people into living in tune with their authentic selves. She's here to talk to us today about the human design system and about what working with a human design coach would look like. So thanks for being here, Elizabeth. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Could you start by just describing to us what the human design system is? Well, it is a very complex system, but to kind of boil it down, it is like a conglomeration of all of our ancient systems into this new evolution. Okay. So it has roots in the chakra system, in the Kabbalah, the tree of life, the I Ching, Western astrology, and what am I missing? I'll think of it in a minute. But in a nutshell, the system is our genetic blueprint. I mean, it's based on our birth date, time, and place, and how the stars and the neutrino field interacted with our DNA at those specific times to create our unconscious and our conscious personalities and Mm. how that plays out in our life. Yeah. Gorgeous. Could you give us... A brief description of what neutrinos are. Yeah. So um, neutrinos are like these teeny tiny little particles that come from stars. So we are being inundated with the neutrinos every single moment. We can't see them except for in these like incredibly cool underground labs, essentially, where they have created a way to be able to see neutrinos. It's really awesome if you ever see it on YouTube or anything. But essentially, those neutrinos interact with our bodies, interact with the earth, and actually interact with our DNA, which Of course, we know DNA creates our physical body, our physical experience, including disease, stress, personality, you know, it has so many different manifestations, which, you know, the human design system is using that kind of blueprint to tell you a little bit more about, you know, the personality aspect of you. And it does go into, like I said, it's a very complex system. So it goes into a lot of different areas. But for the purpose that I use it for is to dive into how to truly understand yourself. What a beautiful thing to know. It's just confirmation that in fact, we are all made of stardust. How exciting that we get to shine that brightly. Yes. So what are the things you think human design has that differentiate it from a personality typing system like the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or something like that? Yeah. Now, just a disclaimer, I'm no expert in like the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs. I think I know my own, but it's been a long time mm-hmm. since I've since I've done those. But what I've noticed in general in, you know, studying human design and, and applying it with my clients is that it has a lot more practical application, I've found. And again, like 
I'm sure if you go to somebody who's like strictly Enneagram or strictly Myers-Briggs, they can break that down for you. But for me, what I've noticed is with human design, you really only need to know some very core aspects of your design. And then you can start applying it and start seeing major changes and major alignment Mm. in your life. And you don't have to, you know, you don't have to know every single little aspect to start directing yourself towards, you know, your most most authentic self, where you want to go, who you want to be. Yeah. So can you talk about that? Can you talk about how you found human design and then maybe even take it all the way to how did you start working with it and becoming a guide? I found human design, gosh, it's probably been five years ago now, I think. It was when I was in at the very end of massage therapy school and I think I was doing I was doing some other kind of personal development work and stumbled somebody mentioned human design. I was like, I don't even know what that is. What are we talking about? So I looked up my own design. You know, there's a free website anybody can use called mybodygraph.com. You can look up your design and get some details on it. I looked that up and I, you know, read that I was a projector and I have like this type of authority and everything. And when I started reading more into it, I was like, oh everything makes sense. (laughs) Like, it's no wonder all of these ways that I have been trying to force my life to happen has fallen by the wayside or blown up in my face. No freaking wonder. I started, I I went down a rabbit hole. I mean, like it was a deep rabbit hole (laughs) um, that I'm still like kind of in. I just, I really of course, wanted to know how it works for me. You know, how do I apply this? How do I use being a projector to my benefit? How do I like align myself with my type, with my energy? And when I started learning like, oh, it's totally fine for me to like rest as much as I want to. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, heavens, yes, this is what I need. <laughs> this is exactly what I need. Yeah, just kept leaning into it. And, you know, five years later, I'm still in the deconditioning process, still learning my own design too. But, you know, it's a that's the thing about human design is it is a lifelong practice. Mm-hmm. So with all of this talk of authorities and spleens and different types, Mm. can you tell us a little bit about what the types are and maybe talk about what authorities are and how we know know which type we fall under? You know, like I mentioned, they are... Your type is based on where the stars and the planets were when you were born and actually 88 days before you were born. So there are two different components Mm. to your chart. But your type, so anytime like I'm kind of breaking down human design for people, the first thing I'm going to talk about is going to be your type, your strategy and your authority. And everything else that we ever talk about with human design is always going to come back to those three things. So (laughs) that's, you know, that's what I mean when I'm like, it's so great to be able to be this practical with it coming back to just these three your type there's going to be depending on who you ask or who you learn from there's four or five types some people don't differentiate between a manifesting generator and a generator which we can talk about i do because i think it's important but people who have like learned from Ra and Ra, Ra Uruhu is the founder of human design. So if I'm ever like Ra, that's who I'm talking about. But there are, like I said, four or five types depending on who you talk to. So there's manifestors who are like 
9% of the population. These are the creative kind of idea people. They kind of get the ball in motion for projects. They are just always thinking of great things. They're really able to be independent and just kind of go their own way, sometimes like Lone Ranger type. A generator, a kind of person who, they're like the foundation builders for us. If you think about the people who are able to really dive into projects and like get into the nitty gritty of it, generators are literally on the planet to create the world. So like I said, manifesting generators, they are going to be kind of a little bit of manifester, a lot of bit of generator, but they're going to be incredibly energetic people. So lots of ideas, also the ability to like dive into stuff, but they might not have the same kind of follow through as a pure generator generator so they're gonna maybe start a project stop it come back to it later start like 17 projects all at once and dive into them (laughs) you know (laughs) when the time feels right which is totally aligned for them like they have so much energy that it's actually detrimental to them if they don't use that energy in as many different ways that they feel like So that's three of them. So projectors, they are kind of like the guides. So they're like 20% of the population. Just for anybody who likes statistics, manifesting generators and generators together make up about 70% of the population, about half and half of each. So projectors are like 20%. And like I said, they're kind of the, they're really good at seeing other people's energy and knowing other people really well. Sometimes they don't know themselves as well as they know other people, which is definitely something that's come up in my own life. Danny's nodding her head like, yep, (laughs) she knows. (laughs) Yep. Um, So, and that's a, you know, projectors can sometimes have a tendency to give advice where it's not been asked for, but they usually have really good insight to what they're seeing because they're really intuitive, really easy. easily able to see the energetics of a situation and kind of guide people to do things a little bit more efficiently, especially when they are invited in to express that. And then reflectors. Reflectors are little like angel beings. They're <laughs> less than 1% of the whole population. I find that with reflectors, they're constantly taking in their environment. So they're very kind of chameleon-like, not that they don't have a sense of self always, but especially very influenced by other people. And that's kind of the nature of a reflector too. I mean, when they're in a really beautiful, really loving environment, that's they're really going to feel that in themselves and identify with that. Those are the types. Oh, beautiful. talking about your story, Elizabeth, how did your journey with human design and getting to know human design and becoming a mentor lead you to beginning a company called Illuminating Intuition? 
I started doing human design reading and started doing human design coaching and then realized I have this wealth of background that I really wanted to integrate into my coaching. Um, so I come from a yoga, meditation, massage background and really wanted to integrate that into the human design coaching because when I realized that I wasn't just going to be doing human design readings for people and I didn't really want to give the expectation of we're going to spend 90 days or however long at a time just talking about your human design chart and the intricacies of it. That is absolutely a part of what I do. And I really like to get into the body and get into how you physically process the information and how you can physically change yourself and your life, not just on the physical plane, but emotionally, spiritually, and be able to start manifesting the life that you want to lead in alignment with your design through practical tools. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful marriage of all the things that you do with yoga and massage and really getting to know the body and how it responds and now bringing human design into it. And plus, you're just an incredibly wise being and we're lucky to have you on the planet with us. So, Elizabeth, would you walk us through um, the different types of authority that we can find in the different human design types? Before I get into the types of authority, let me just like talk about what authority is, because I, I know for me that can be kind of like a weird word. I end up using, especially with my clients, is intuition, because with human design, your authority is really the guiding force or the compass that you kind of use in your life to make your big decisions. For a lot of people, for the majority of the population, it can be a physical sensation in your body or an emotional kind of clarity. So I'll break down what that might feel like depending on your authority. But in general, your authority is really going to be your intuitive guidance. So it's the way that you kind of guide your life and follow through on the things that kind of show up for you to decide, okay, are these in alignment with me? Do I want to move forward with this? Or not. So the types of authority, there's several different types, but the main ones that I come across and the majority of the population have one of the main three. So that would be sacral, solar plexus, and splenic. Um, So if you're listening to this and you don't have one of those types, just shoot me an email and we'll dive into it because there are other types of authority um, and they do have different feelings and they look different in your life, which I'm happy to go into, but just for the sake of timing and things, I'll stick with the main three. Mm -hmm. So your sacral authority, if that is what's in your chart, that's going to be like a gut feeling, like a yes or no. And Stevie, you can probably attest to what the physical sensation is like for that because you are a sacral authority. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am. And I'm definitely still learning all the different ways that yes or no manifests in my body and how it feels in the moment. Through getting to know my human design, I've been paying more attention. Yeah. And maybe it's not like a yes, like the word yes or no, um, the word, but it might be like a uh uh-huh. 
were, uh-uh, mm-hmm. you know, like very primal in the, the physical kind of feeling. But it usually is something very physical because it is connected to your sacral chakra, to your sacral space. So for the most part, it's going to be that kind of binary yes or no. Your solar plexus authority, this one is always really fun because it is your emotional authority. And this is going to be a little bit of a tangent here, but I'm going to say it anyway. You are not meant, nobody, nobody is meant to be making their decisions based on their mental picture of whatever, you know, that logical side of your brain. And I know that sounds counterintuitive. I know a lot of people are going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) But the truth of the matter is your brain is a beautiful, creative and analytical tool, but it is terrible at making decisions. Because how many times have we, anybody, myself included, how many times have we thought through a decision, rationalized our way into a decision, and we still felt bad about it, even though we made the logically correct choice? Yes. Um, And then the third main one is going to be splenic. And the splenic authority is a very quiet voice. Sometimes it can be loud if it's like really being persistent, but for the most part, your splenic authority is going to be like, hey, don't do this. And then just let you do whatever you want to do. So when you do go to mybodygraph.com and pull up your chart and you feel very overwhelmed by all the graphics and lines and colors and arrows pointing this way and that, (laughs) fear not because you have a guide to tell you about it, which Elizabeth is going to do a little illuminating on both Danny and I's charts in this podcast. Are we happy to dive into that now? I'm very happy. Danny, why don't you why don't you step up to bat first or okay. step up to to hear? I don't know. <laughs> step up to listen. Yeah, step up to listen. I would love to. Well, let me so I'll kind of give you an idea of what um I would normally talk about in a first reading with somebody and then then we can get into some questions and like how that would be applied. Sound good? Okay. Sounds great. So Danny, I've I've run your chart and looked at your chart for a long time. <laughs> so, you know, one of the first things that I would talk about with your chart is that you are a projector. So, you know, we would dive into what that means as a projector and how the first thing that I always talk about with projectors is like, you are not meant to work in the same way that most of the population is meant to work. So if you feel overwhelmed and exhausted and you feel like you're constantly on the burnout spectrum, (laughs) that's pretty normal. (laughs) Yeah. Nodding wildly. Um. (laughs) So yeah, you're, you're not meant to work in the same way that generators and manifesting generators are meant to work. And one of the main reasons of that is because as a projector, you don't have sacral energy, which is like workforce, life force energy. So that ability to dedicate hours and hours and hours to something every single day for years on end. It's not that you couldn't do that for a, you know, a specific period of time or for, you know, a season of your life, but it's not in your best interest to create a life around that because projectors are meant to rest, relax 
play, work, learn, be in nature and and really take in the world and be wise about the world and have that in their toolbox for whenever somebody invites them in to give their advice and, and give their wisdom. So yeah, usually with projectors, I'm like, baby, it is okay to take a nap. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> So, yeah, we got to do human design coaching earlier this year, so I can 100% vouch for just how deeply transformative this work is and how just what a wonderful guide you are through it. I think it was really helpful, too, that you were a projector as well, because I also got to see a projector in their health as you were sort of describing to me how to get into a place of health. And just the story of sort of overwork and burnout was so consistent in my life and it was really difficult for me to receive that big fat permission slip that you just gave because mm-hmm. the way that you describe how a projector is supposed to live inside of me there's like champagne bottles popping and I'm like <laughs> throwing a little party because I'm like yay that's exactly how I vibe like that's all the stuff I want to do and carried around a lot of shame for a long time that I sensed that I didn't have as much energy mm-hmm. to do as many things for as long as the you know the people in my life around me so just learning those things and it's like you said it's a very constant process of like integrating this information and learning how to make decisions differently every day all the time yeah i mean absolutely it's funny because i i've actually worked with more projectors than i've worked with any other type and maybe that's just because like i know that type so well <laughs> that i'm just like oh that is just part of it and you know talking like you were saying about the shame around it too like that is such a major component of that deconditioning process of being able to say we are different whether and i don't mean just for a projector but like whatever your type is there's always going to be some sort of something that you know is doesn't align with what society has told us so that's one of the the main things that i would start with a projector with with you, Danny. And then I know we haven't really talked about it yet, but strategy, that's going to be like the next biggest thing that we would dive into. Strategy is going to be like your kind of your way of working in the world, how you're meant to kind of interact with the world. For projectors, the strategy is wait for the invitation, which again, is one of those things that's like super counterintuitive to our like, just do it, just make it happen, just manifest it, just like call it in. That's especially in the like all love and light, peace, love and light, you know, new age culture. It can be mm-hmm. really hard for a projector to be like, I'm supposed to be manifesting my dreams. But the reality and yes, everybody is for a projector. We're meant to be waiting to be recognized for our guidance, for our wisdom, for who we are as people and called in and invited into those situations that are most aligned towards us, whether it's a job or a relationship, you know, or even moving somewhere, you know, there's got to be even an energetic invitation in that sense. That's beautiful. So this isn't necessarily in the chart, But this is something that we've talked about before and is something I'm still learning. So when it comes to listening to your intuition, and for me, that's my splenic authority and my projector type there, I had to do a lot of work and still have to do a lot of work around decoding that message because I will have, I can have these strong like pangs and feelings in my gut that later it turns out that was really just me reacting out of fear. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that, what it looks like to kind of decode the intuitive messages. 
Yeah. Well, fear is an especially tricky sensation, if you will. It gets a bad rap. It can definitely be a kind of a block for people and and can really stop us in in our tracks if we let it, right? So what I usually like to do, especially when I'm like in the thick of it, if I'm like really in the fear is for one, ask myself, and this may sound silly, but is this a life or death situation? Um, because the likelihood is it's not right. (laughs) Most of the time it's not. So when I've ruled that out, there's another layer to it, right? There's that like, am I good enough? Am I whatever? Am I fill in the blank able to do this? There's a fear usually of what if I get everything I want? What if this is actually like, what if I actually get this? Like, what if I can actually do this? Right? Because that the fear is there to protect and to keep us in homeostasis because fear does not want fear. Fear is known. Fear is like, okay, we're in this bubble. We know this bubble. We're super familiar with this bubble. We love this bubble. Even if we hate this bubble sometimes, but we're in it, we know it. We're familiar with it. So fear is almost always going to come up for somebody who has a defined spleen in stepping outside of that bubble in that uncomfortable area of like having to be vulnerable, having to put ourselves out there, having to try something new Even if it's a fear of like, I actually cannot do this, I am not qualified enough or whatever, it's your fear trying to keep you comfortable and small and it's not a reflection of your actual abilities, your actual personality, your actual any of that. You know, like you said, it is a choice. You can decide to lean into the fear, to face it head on and say like, I'm really scared right now, but I'm going to do it anyway. Or you can say, I'm really scared right now and I'm not ready to do this. And that's okay too. And you can use your authority, see if it's aligned with your strategy and use your human design to make that decision. Mm -hmm. I've become so much better acquainted with it because I have to. I have no choice because it's always there. A lot of times what's on the other side of my fear is fear that I could have the thing I want or that things could work out really well. Or it's just funny how much fear I have built around letting things be really good like that. That's actually a big part of my work for myself is just relaxing into letting things be good and letting good things come my way. I think that's my main question. Stevie, do you want to get into your... Oh, yes. I'd love to get into my reading. (laughs) Let me get your chart pulled up here. Well, I know off the top of my head that you are a manifesting generator. and That's me. And I love having my individual category. I'm a big fan of that. (laughs) The lineage that I come from with human design is under Karen Curry Parker. And I'm just, I, I feel really aligned with her and the knowledge that she has about human design. And so that's why I feel like it's important to distinguish between generators and manifesting generators. Even that, learning that and speaking to you about those differences between the two, Stephen, my husband is a generator, a pure generator. And even observing him, um, he's a, he's a creative, a musician and a painter, and he's so focused and disciplined daily on those things. Things. And I, for a long time before I learned about human design, I put so much shame on myself, feeling like I was changing my mind all the time, or I couldn't just plant down and root down. And society tells us that this is wrong to do, to change your mind, to be involved in too many things, to have too many interests. And society calls that immaturity, even. This is, that's one of the places 
that is just like a generator for manifesting generators and generators, the not self theme is going to be frustration. But, you know, just to affirm what you said, like the ability to do so many different things at once and have your hands in a bunch of different pots is a very unique superpower of manifesting generators. And it's important Mm -hmm. and it's needed in the world. So if you are like that and you feel like you kind of spread yourself in a bunch of different areas, that's perfectly aligned with your energy. (laughs) So please continue. Hearing that still makes me feel good, even though you've been telling me that for a long time. I just, every time I hear it, it makes me feel just liberated, you know, which we need to be liberated MGs. As a projector that gets to watch you just twirl <laughs> in your MG-ness, it is, <laughs> it is dazzling. It is truly oh, a superpower. It's oh amazing all the things that you're able to do. It's thank you so much for saying that. I oh, yeah. honestly, once I le- integrated that understanding in my life, thanks to human design, I then allowed it to become my superpower. Oh, what is my um my strategy? Yeah, this is super important for both generators and manifesting generators. Your strategy, I'm just going to say it across the board. Your strategy is very important. Top three things, your type, your strategy, and authority. Everything's always going to come back to that. But I love the example that you gave of you and um, your partner because you do, you're both like generators by type, but because you're a manifesting generator, yours is a little bit different because it has that little manifesting element. So generators by whether pure or manifesting, their strategy is to respond wait to respond, which essentially is, you know, we talked about that waiting period being super intentional with that, but waiting to respond to the universe, to the outside stimulus that's coming into you from the world, whether it is conversation or a billboard or what, you know, a Google search or whatever that is like coming at you, very clear to distinguish. Like it's not you saying, oh, I have this inspiration. I think I'll go do this, blah, 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 blah and kind of getting the ball rolling, the thing that you're responding to is not your own mind saying, I think I need to start this now. I think I need to move here. I think I need to do this job. It's you in that waiting space, creating, planning, dreaming, all of those things, whatever that is, and then waiting for the external world to confirm what you are already planning or what you're already creating. One of the easiest examples is like, say you're planning a move, you are waiting for the universe to kind of confirm that the timing is right. So maybe you have been thinking about it for months and then you start seeing license plates or ads or like somebody keeps talking about wherever it is that you are trying to move to or thinking about moving to. When that starts happening and you start seeing your outer reality reflecting what you already have on the inside, that's the response part. That's when you're responding. But the manifesting generator strategy has one extra step to that because it, it does have the manifester aspect to it. And that's to go through that period first. So waiting to respond. And then when you're in that responding you've, you know, the universe is confirming what's going on with you and what you want to do, then you inform. 
So you're pulling in that manifester strategy to inform. What would that look like? When we're using our strategy, it's going to be for like major life changes, right? Buying a car or moving across the country or starting a relationship, asking somebody to marry you, you know, things like that. Your strategy is not going to be like getting down in the nitty gritty. It's when that informing aspect, when that comes in, whether you're a manifester or a manifesting generator, the informing part is talking to the people that are going to be affected by it. If it's you're at a job and you have manifested this new job that feels way more aligned, you're not telling people that you're leaving the job that you're at until the other one has come to fruition. And then when it does, that's when you start saying, hey, I've been thinking about this. This is what I'm doing. And this is happening. It's not an advice asking period. It's not like, not that, you know, you can get advice from people and you can take it or leave it. It's totally up to you, but it's not, that's not the purpose of the informing. The purpose of the informing is to one, allow an open space for support and two, um, alleviate any future anger that might happen on either your side or the person that's being informed. Definitely. I have for sure, as far as my strategy is concerned, I tend to, as we've talked about Elizabeth, tap into that manifester energy real hard and leave some of the generator ways behind. Balancing those two parts of myself can be challenging because I struggle with the waiting. I'll consume lots of knowledge about something and I just want to go, 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 go. And living the life that's required for the actual future I'm calling in, I get very impatient about, and we, we all do. to kind of touch on the signature, which that's what it will show up in. If you run your chart on mybodygraph.com, there's going to be the not self theme, which we talked about, like for projectors, it's bitterness, anger, frustration for manifestors and generators. And for reflectors, it's disappointment. But the flip side of that is your signature. That's your signpost for how you know you lived in alignment and you are getting to that place as, you know, for projectors, it's going to be success. So finding success in whatever it is you're doing for generators, it's satisfaction for manifestors, it's peace, reflectors, it's surprise. So when you get into those spaces, that's how you realize that's your proof that you've been doing it right. Like you're in alignment just to kind of tap on that too. Because again, one of those things that I really love about human design is it gives you very clear outlines and signposts to look at and to look out for on the journey. Mm, Yes. Oh, I love that. And I did want to touch on too, just as an example from your life, because I think it's really important to note how the timing works with a manifesting generator, but also with a projector too, because you two coming together and creating this podcast and creating the Weather Women, I, you know, you and I, Stevie, have had conversations about this starting how many years ago, you know, when the inspiration began, mm-hmm. right? And then, yes. you know, and then it, it took time, right? It took time to form and to start start being fleshed out and then for you to invite um, Danian or to that for that invitation to happen in whatever way that manifested that's all the waiting 
right? Like all of that is the waiting. And sometimes it does take years. Sometimes it takes months or weeks, but it's important to lean into that and allow things Mm -hmm. to progress in their natural way. When you give that space, you end up creating something really beautiful. Mm -hmm. You can really be surprised at how, how things align when you give the space and the grace for them kind of happen in the right timing, calling in the people and waiting for the invitation for those things to kind of happen Mm -hmm. in the right timing. I love that you've brought this up because I can definitely attest to what it feels like not operating within the timing, (laughs) not allowing weather women to become on its own, which it fully has now. But in the very beginnings, like you said, even seven years ago, the frustration I was experiencing with all of these tangents, ideas and interests and things that I just adore in this life and not understanding how they all fit together. This idea that that came to me but it wasn't the right time. Yeah, and we were just talking about this, Stevie, before this call. Our individual understandings of our human design types have allowed our collaboration, I think, to flow mm-hmm. yes. so much more smoothly because we have a grasp on what sort of energy we're working with and how it mm-hmm. flows and we can state our needs and see the other person where they are. And I think it's just facilitated some really, it's been able to pinpoint some conversations that allow us to just work together really well in a way that really flows. So it's been, it's a massively helpful tool for that too, for just Mm -hmm. relationships and collaboration. Definitely. Totally agree. I take back what I said about human design not having a goal. I think the goal is harmony. Harmony, relations, Mm. like being able to see yourself and see other people clearly and in all aspects. That's beautiful. Wow, Elizabeth, thank you so much for the gift of your beautiful energy in your precious time. I know for projectors, that is when projectors give their energy, that's um, something to be treasured. So thank you so much for giving it to weather women and our weather being listeners out there. You'll see below in the show notes that Elizabeth is offering a 20% discount on all of her programs on her website. So make sure we will put a link in the show notes with all of Elizabeth's information. And we encourage you, we highly, highly recommend you, implore you to get in touch with Elizabeth and walk through your design type with her. It is going to equip you not only in your creative practice, but in this life. So make sure you shoot Elizabeth an email and mention that you found her through the Weather Women podcast to get that 20% and enjoy. Elizabeth, we are so grateful for having this beautiful conversation with you. Thank you for sharing your presence with us. Well, thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. I'm so, so grateful and just happy to share the knowledge and, and get it out there to the people. Love you, girls, so much. Oh, we love you. Eternally grateful. Yes, and very honored (laughs) to share your work. Mm -hmm. Likewise. This is Stevie. This is Danny. And we are your weather women. Thank you for participating in this creative conversation. And we will meet you here next time. Ooh.